Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, October 19th. We are here live. It's a quick one today. We've got an hour here in the beginning for a free-for-all, so jump in and join us. 855-950-3835. After this hour, we'll head into Rolling Toe. If I remember right, Mike might be flying solo or Kevin might be calling in from the road. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens with that next hour. Um, I have a couple. Well, actually, I have one thing I want to talk about, and then we'll get to the calls. So line them up and we'll get to them here in just a minute. It is uh, was kind of an exciting day in the trucking world yesterday and the guys over at Freight Waves, Craig Fuller and the team must have been up all night writing articles. The brokerage world is uh, is kind of a mess right now. The digital brokers have a problem, but almost all brokers, all brokers that did business in a certain way are really in trouble right now. It looks like Convoy just might be done, and it looks like it happened because they can't raise any more cash. These big digital brokers never really became cash flow positive. They kept getting new rounds of venture capital and, and investor funding to keep them going, and timing just wasn't on their side. Maybe if they had another year or two, I don't know, but they didn't. This is looking a lot like the dot-com bust in the early 2000s. A lot of venture capital, a lot of companies borrowing money and, and getting big without ever becoming profitable. And then when the market turns, they're toast. And it looks like there are a lot of mid and large size brokers that were heavily leveraged. One of two ways, one of them I've warned owner-operators and small carriers about for decades now to be careful with this. Brokers are brokers use this form of financing even more than carriers do, and that's factoring. How many times have you heard me talk about factoring and, and warn people not to become dependent on factoring? In fact, I don't believe small carriers should be using it at all. It's a very expensive form of financing, even in the best of times. When interest rates were 2 and 3%, factoring was still outrageously expensive, more like 30%. But people don't understand the numbers. So factoring, for people who may not understand it, is when you take a receivable invoice. You, your company, let, let's use factoring for an owner-operator. You own a truck. You pull a load for a broker. The broker pays in 30 days or 60. If you work for shippers, sometimes it's 90. And start to think about that. If all of your loads are like that, how do you pay your bills until the money gets there? Well, you should have cash. You should have enough of your own capital to cover those kinds of things. And if you don't and you have to finance them with receivables, you have to understand the risk and the cost. Now, what happens in all forms of financing and factoring is really susceptible to this because factoring is all short term. You're factoring new invoices all the time and as interest rates go up, your factoring cost will go up with it. 
had you used some of my strategies, like home equity, you can lock those rates in. Now, I also sometimes recommend using credit cards instead of factoring. That's still risky, but it's less expensive. But that goes up too, because that's short term and the credit card companies can raise your interest anytime they want. And they have to, they have no choice. And then that cost of that money becomes so expensive that it eats into your profit. These mid to large size brokers that had venture capital as their funding, well, that's just dried up. The venture capitalists have said, ooh, this is way too much risk and we're just not doing this anymore. And if those companies can't get cash, they're out of business. It looks like that's what happened with Convoy and why it happened so fast. And again, Craig Fuller and Freightwaves is writing really good articles about this and they're I couldn't even keep up with them all this morning and they're still coming out. This looks like it could be a run on brokers for a little while. It looks like a lot of brokers were heavily leveraged either through venture funding or through uh, what they call ABL asset based lending. It's really just another term for factoring. You, You take your invoices, you get paid for them immediately at a heavy discount. And that discount's getting bigger. And these companies are, and here's why they think we may have in the next couple of days, they're speculating that we're going to see more of this pretty quickly. And it's happening fast with no warning because these companies are still trying to operate. They have no plans on going out of business But you get a call in the morning and the factoring company says, we're not factoring any more invoices. You're done that day. That's how fast this will happen. It looks like that's what happened to Convoy. And if it was one of the big lenders, then there's going to be several more or many more brokers falling pretty quickly. So it could get ugly, really ugly. There is good news in this. There always is. We're going to lose brokers. Guess what happens if you lose a bunch of brokers and now you have small carriers who have been giving credit to those brokers, not using factoring. Here's the downside to not using factoring. The broker that owes you money and they go out of business, you're not getting your money. In a time like right now where rates are so low, there's not enough freight, costs are through the roof, and we're already, even the good owner operators are going to start feel. they are feeling this. Just in the last month, so many things have fallen off a cliff that no matter how well you've run your business, you've got to start paying attention. If you've got good enough cash reserves, that's about the only protection against this. You need two things to get through a time like this. You need really low cost and good margins going in because your margins are, are getting destroyed right now. And you need good cash reserves. And borrowing money now is really not an option. It's going to be very difficult to borrow money, but it's going to be very expensive So this is why I have been screaming for five years now, pay down debt so you're not carrying debt into a time like this and save cash. Both were important. You need both right now. 
You need no debt and you need cash. And if you've got that, not only are you protected against this, there will be big opportunities. What's our biggest problem right now? It's too much capacity. There are still some pretty decent rates, not I don't even know if I'd call them decent, but they're good enough to keep you in business if you know how to manage your cost. And if you can do that and you've got some cash reserves and you don't have debt, you'll get through this. And there are going to be some tremendous opportunities. The Envoy came out and said to the shippers and the carriers, so Convoy's got a bunch of loads lined up right now. And they're basically canceling their part of that load. They're saying, look, we can't handle this load. We're done. Now, the shippers got a need for somebody to move this freight. And Convoy is saying to the carriers and the shippers, deal with each other directly. We're out of here. That's a hell of an opportunity. If you're a good owner, operator, a small carrier, you might really be picking up some direct customers right now. I'd be looking for direct customers. A couple more mid to large size brokers go out and there's going to be shippers all over the place scrambling to cover their freight. If you're in a good financial position, a lot of opportunity right now. All right, we will certainly be uh, be talking about that a lot more um, in the coming weeks. And we've got a lot of phone calls, so I'm going to uh, get to them. Let's go to Texas. Mark, welcome. Hi. Um, so you got the oil sample. Uh, Uh-oh. Let me go through a couple of things. You, you, so let me go through a couple of things. Okay. Over the last weekend, I had the EGR cooler replaced because I was losing a gallon every 1,000, 1,200 miles. It was, got it. And it was like I couldn't see it. So they pulled off and they looked in there. And, okay, there's coolant there. Replace it. Got it. So Paul's like, pull an oil sample. Pulled an oil sample. Send it off. Yesterday, I was at Redneck to address a check engine light that never came to even the, okay, they couldn't figure that out. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, the oil sample had not come back in. I'm like, let's address, if we have time, let's address the uh, oil pan seal. Pull it off, put a seal on there, put it back on. So I come back, all of a sudden it hit, this oil sample hit, and I went out there and I said, uh, maybe we should change the OPS filter too. Too late. We started the engine. Okay, so the oil got changed. I am now using DEF, a lot more DEF than I have normally used. It's like I'm getting like 100 miles to the gallon where I was getting 132 miles to the gallon or 124 miles to the gallon. So here we are, and we got coolant in the oil that was just changed yesterday. So... Wait, 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 wait. Talk to them this morning. Hold on a second. I want to go back and make sure I've got the timeline right here. You pulled a sample on the oil yesterday, and now that... No, I pulled the sample. I pulled the oil sample as soon as the the EGR cooler. I pulled it on Saturday. Sent it off on Sunday. The oil got changed yesterday because I needed an oil pan gasket. Got it. Okay. It was just, it was leaking. It was enough that it was like, let's address it now. And then. Okay. So. The sample came back in the middle of all of that. So. We, but the EGR cooler has been replaced and that seemed like. It's been replaced. That looks like it was obviously the problem, but we don't know that for sure yet. You've got to run the truck now to see if you lose coolant again. 
if you aren't losing coolant yeah, so far right if if yeah, you're not losing so, coolant so far it doesn't appear then this worked out perfectly you caught it quickly we only had one oil sample with elevated coolant and it's not even very elevated so i think this okay. is a case of well, it's enough to freak me out Oh, no, no, no. There is almost nothing in there. Really, when that wasn't a really big coolant intrusion, or if it was, it happened really recently, and there wasn't a lot of time. That's not a high number. Wear metals really didn't change much, so we know there was no damage done to the engine. And it sounds like you've probably got the problem fixed. Well, so I got in the, I called Pittsburgh Power this morning and talked to them. And of course, they like, I showed some of the guys at Redneck yesterday and they're like, oh, that can't be from the EGR cooler. And Pittsburgh well, Power well, and those guys, no, that's not from the EGR cooler. And so, wait, wait. Uh, they're saying the coolant wasn't from the EGR cooler? That's, that's what they're all saying. They're what? saying that that, that done never happens. But, you know, I, I don't see why not. But Maybe. I called David Counts yesterday after I got freaked out. He he agrees with you that it probably well, did. So, uh, hold on. I'm going to ask um, Pete to come on the air with us. Or at least I'll try to get him to help me or answer the question in uh, in chat. I almost feel like, what am I missing right now? It's not a common occurrence. We don't see it a lot. But I, I'm under the impression that it can absolutely happen and put coolant into the oil and cause this problem. So what am I missing? Uh, why am I asking questions? Here's, here's my thought. You are losing coolant and you're not seeing it anywhere. It's not an obvious leak out onto the ground. We haven't found any other place that it's going. You take the EGR cooler apart. There's indications of coolant problems in there. We take an oil sample. There's yeah, coolant. In, it was all in there. There's yeah. coolant in the oil. Yes. Not a lot, but it's there. We yeah. know it's there. And that rules yeah. out that rules out one of those hot water leaks that only happens when you're going down the road and we can't find it. Because if that was your leak, it wouldn't be in the oil. So I'm right. I, I I know my mind's a little scrambled this week, and I'm, it's a little hectic right now. I'm trying to get out of here tomorrow or over the weekend, and there's a lot going on. And um, I'm dealing with issues on both of our the RV and the Sprinter. So I, I'm, I just want to make sure I'm not missing something here. I don't know why both Redneck and Pittsburgh Power would say, no, it's not the EGR cooler. They, in their opinion, it's it's something else. And so I got an appointment on the 13th with Pittsburgh Power. Uh, Pete wasn't at work today, so I ended up talking to Brian. And Oh, Pete's you know, not at work Brian today? Comes, Brian, no, he's not at work. He's off until Monday. And then they're like, so Brian's like, well, it could be injector cups. It could be this. It could be well, that. And well, it's like, I can't on. even remember everything. Hold, hold so, on. I could go through that list, too, of what it could be. But we seem to have a lot of evidence that it is the EGR cooler. So unless somebody tells me on this particular engine, an EGR cooler can't do that. But I don't see how that could be possible. Well, wait a minute. Well, well, you're also saying that that's not very much coolant at all either. So, and I mean, I saw it on there and they flagged it and it's like, I'm like, okay, I thought uh, it would be that. But then when I started questioning about it. 
you, you know, I'm getting these like well, sodium, you got other problems. So you know that. There's definitely coolant. 130 on the sodium, 186 on the potassium. That's not a close call. It's coolant. Right. My my point yeah. about it's not a lot or I wouldn't worry about it is more looking at the potential damage that could have happened and it didn't. The your, If anything, all of your wear metals on this sample went down over the last sample. And yeah. if we're worried about coolant damage, well, I mean, we're worried it, it, I about mean, we're only wear metals. Yeah, well, we're only talking about you know, like, what was it four weeks? Because I had it, I had, to, I did my PM and all that, like in September when I took a week off. So I stood truck and shop, did a PM, you know, oil change and all that. Ran the sample back then, and so then I started losing cool, using coolant, and so using coolant, it's like, okay, I kept looking, looking, I couldn't really find where, I couldn't find any evidence of where it was going, so. Now, I would do what anybody else did, watch the YouTube video, and some guys, some people in there said, well, on these DD platforms, when you can't see coolant, it's either, you know, you either gonna, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to either be a head gasket. Well, but the m- more common problem is EGR cooler, so we got 714,000 miles on the engine, so that, and that here's seems the to be thing. a common problem. If it's... If it's somebody mentioned injector cups, which can happen, but I got to tell you, I can't remember the last time I saw an injector. Well, no, I can. We could go back, and this was many years ago, the Volvos with the, they originally had brass cups, I think, and they were a problem, but then when you had them replaced, they used stainless steel, I think, and that solved that issue. And since that time- I don't even know if I can remember one injector cup issue anymore. That used to be a bigger problem. The Series 60, it was more common. I don't hear it hardly ever anymore. Um, EGR coolers aren't really common, but they definitely can be a problem. If it's a head gasket, it's easy to test for. We should be pressurizing the cooling system. Yeah. Well... You know, David Count said that, you know, if it's a head gasket, then it would cause a lot of back pressure and you'd see coolant loss through the uh, overflow, the uh, the overflow. You pressure, right. And and we can then test for pressure in the system. That's how we either checked. Is it a, a cracked head or a head gasket or an injector cup? Because then we start looking for pressure. I, I just, I'm a, I'm wondering why they don't think it's the EGR cooler. I, you know, I, I don't know, you know, uh, so, you know, the oil was dumped yesterday because I replaced the, the gasket on the, uh, 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 the oil pan, the, so, you know, the seal, the gasket. Here's the and good that, news here. Go ahead. We don't even wait to try to take another oil sample. All we need to wait for now is to see if you're still using coolant. Yeah. If you're still using coolant, then I I still wouldn't recommend another oil sample. What's it going to tell us? If you're still using coolant, we now know, oh, it wasn't the EGR cooler. Now we need to go look for what else it could be. Well, I mean, it, it, it had to be because the whole EGR system was just full of coolant. See that? I mean, it was just, yeah. (laughs) I, 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 I'm just a little curious as to why two really good shops. Now, look, if you would have told me you stopped into some random shop and they said, oh, no, I, I, would, I wouldn't even think about this. I'd go, yeah, just ignore them. 
Well, but these are both really good the, jobs. Yeah. Well, here and here's now here's the catch. So when I told Pete that it was the EGR cooler, he's like, "You might want to get your DPF filters clean." I said, "Well, I haven't." had any check engine lights or whatever. And maybe that's the reason. Maybe it's got into that system. That's why I'm using DEF. Oh, uh, I, excess I, right I now. hadn't got to that point. That yeah. was my thought. Yeah, you're, you are starting to push coolant and crap through the whole system and everything will start to deteriorate. So, and I'm with Pete. If that's the case, yeah. just, just don't even wait for a check engine light, pull the DP off and do the DPF off and do the cleaning. Okay. And and you have okay, an indication have to, your your to. def consumption changed. See, all of this is making sense to me. Let's let's think about this. Yeah. If the coolant leak was someplace else, then why did your def consumption change all of a sudden? Now we're speculating that we have two yeah, problems. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's all tied because it tied into that that EGR cooler just let go. So uh but like I said, the the def you know, I had that heater, that deaf heater uh, tank, uh, but they couldn't find anything to do with that. And I haven't thrown a check engine light. I just got consumption right now. It went through the roof. Yeah, and, I just, uh, if Pete's uh, off, he won't even see his text till he gets back. That's his business text. But I also just no, sent, he, you know, he, but he, I just sent Bruce a text and see if he's got time to come on and, and talk it over with me. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. And then, and then uh, uh, he hasn't he responded t- yet. So but we'll see. One thing he told me to I did I did a forced regen after that was done. The very since I got it done, I did a forced regen. I did a forced regen the other night, and you know I just filled up a few minutes ago in Terrell, Texas, and and it's the, the same usage. It's you know yeah dropped okay. to one hundred miles. To, uh, you know you know the the usage is there's definitely now, usage. Have so, you had? You should have had enough time to check fuel mileage too. Has fuel mileage changed? No. Okay. No, I'm still Aaron's so, like right, right now. Yeah. I, I, after every fuel, it's like, you know, uh, uh, let me find your app. Uh, yeah. If you're close to your average yeah. on, see, the reason I ask about fuel economy, fuel economy will absolutely impact def consumption. If something happens to your truck yeah. and your fuel economy goes down, we expect your def consumption to go no. down with it or up. No, I mean, we're still in the same range. We're still in normal, normal, ra- normal range. Fuel, yeah. fuel range is in the same. So Fuel, fuel I, mileage is still the same. I, all I can think is I, maybe they saw or heard something I'm not seeing or hearing, but this seems like a really cut and dried case. Yeah. Well, I'll... I'll I'll try to find I'll to get a hold. I think there's one of those DPF cleaning in Houston. I'll try to get a hold of to clean on uh, when I get back there. Uh, yeah, I got to run this load. I, I run hey, this load hold, to hold on Baton Rouge, New Orleans. Hold on. I okay. would not even schedule that till we're sure we've got this right. I would wait until you know for sure you're okay. still not using coolant. Okay. Shouldn't be long. I mean, how long? You said it was like yeah. a gallon every thousand miles. Yeah, thousand yeah, so, twelve hundred is like yeah. it was used. It was it was you fill it up and it'd be back down to the to the uh, to, to the, the uh, uh, sensor. Three three or four yeah. days, and you should know. Yeah, yeah. I've I've run I've run a I've run 
I run Houston to Montgomery, back to Houston. I ran up to Dallas empty to have this done yesterday, and now I'm loaded going down to Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and then I don't know if I have – I should have a load back to I, – I just put in for one to, to come back to southeast Texas. And but By the time you get back, yeah, you by should By then, know. I'll know if right. I – Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I'll uh, I'll see if I can so, get somebody to to uh, come on and tell me what I might be missing. Okay. Sounds good. All Thank right. you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. I'll keep you in touch. All I'll right. Keep you, I'll keep, yeah. All Perfect. Right. Bye. Thanks. Let's go to oh, try that again. Let's go to Illinois this time. Brandy, welcome. Thanks, Kevin. I have a exciting uh, audio book to recommend for your trip to Nashville. Um, before, called, uh, hold on. Out of the but, far north. Before you say it, because I it's interesting that um, the book recommendation would be good because sometime today. I'm going to sit down and really look at my book list. I'm so far behind on so many books that I am going to put together a list that I will be listening to audiobooks almost every minute of this upcoming trip. So the one kinds of books I'm not going to listen to right now. So I'll just it, nothing about politics, nothing about where the world's headed, nothing about conspiracy theories, nothing about the Fed. I, I just can't handle that kind of stuff right now. I've got some a couple good books I want to listen to on business that I haven't gotten to and many, many health books that I haven't gotten to. So no, nothing, government, conspiracy, politics, none of that stuff. No, it's, it's fiction, but okay. it reads like today. Oh. Yeah, uh-huh. hold, hold on. But- Hold on. It's a lot. Hold on. With all the sure. normally, I love to mix in some fiction now and then, and I've been reading a little more fiction to try to relax. But the time on this trip is going to be so valuable for listening that it's all going to be research and learning. No novels on this trip. Oh wait a minute. Okay. Well, wait I get you, but it's, uh, let me. If it's boring, I'll take it back. Um, on the way back from this trip, I might uh, chill out a little bit. So go ahead. Tell me what it is. Okay. It's called Out of the Far North. It reads like uh, um, a Mission Impossible, James Bond kind of thing. Lots of details. And it, you keep thinking, what's next? What's next? What's going to happen next? It took me over all across Nevada, most of Utah. I, I just loved it. And I who's, highly recommend who's it to you. Who's the author? Amir Safadi. Okay. Don't know the author either, uh, but it sounds good. T-S-F-A. Yeah, it's, it's excellent. It's called Out of the Far North. Okay. And, um, yeah, it's lots of details. I'll and, put it on my good, list. Uh, good narration. Good. Good. I think you'll enjoy it. So I have a question. Um, Tuesday, I bought one of your recons, uh, My Medics. Well, thank and you. I was thinking, you know, a lot of times, as a, you're welcome, and I intend to buy more, but I have, I have a question on this. Is uh, as a company driver, when you're not in your truck, you have extremes. You have freezing cold because your truck's not running, or you have extremely heat. And is there anything in my medic that can go bad, or do you have to carry it with you everywhere you go? No, you don't. So I, I'm going to tell you that I, I'm not 100% confident of my answer, but we will get the answer. 
um, directly from my medic, because it's a good question. If I had to guess, I would say no. Um, for a couple reasons, I'm trying to think of the kinds of things that would be in there, even the liquids. And um, Brittany's already on it. She's sending a, she's checking with them right now. So we might have an right. answer here soon. Um, I would guess that these things okay. are designed for some pretty rugged stuff. I mean, you, you think about EMS vehicles, they're going to go through the same kind of stuff. They, lots of EMS, they're sitting outside. They would go through those same kinds of extremes as any other vehicle would. I, I would have but, to believe that they... What about hours, though? What do you mean, hours? What about hours sitting under, you know, thir well, if you're not in your truck and your mimetic re recon is in your truck and it's at 13 below zero and it's been in there all weekend until you start your truck, you know, Look, is there anything that's going to freeze? And then when it... When, it, once you get down to un, below freezing temperatures inside the vehicle, which is probably when you get down to closer to like 25 or so, I, if it's going to freeze, it's going to freeze in an hour. It's not going to matter if it's there an hour right. or 300 hours. I mean, once we get through that, it's either going yeah. to freeze or it's not. It's either going to be heat damaged or it's not. Um if it can make it an hour right, yeah. or three hours, it's going to be able to make it a hundred hours. So it's, it's really just a matter of, is there anything in the bag that is susceptible to either extreme hot or extreme cold? My guess is no, but right. we'll find out for sure. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to make sure, because if when I load in and out of the truck, I take stuff with me, is that something I would have to take with me back I and would forth say each no. time? So. All right. Very good. That's all I have. But we Thank will you. find out for sure, because I don't like to answer questions unless I know them for sure. And that one I'm not positive about. Let's go to Georgia. Mel, welcome. Uh, hey, Kevin. Um, I had a question for you. I talked to you probably about three months ago. I don't know if you remember, but I told you I'm the guy. I bought a truck back in 2017, and I never started running it. Um, And you was telling me, you know, that that was... Um, very commendable being I've been being I, patient. But anyway, I had I a question about um, I had a real estate question. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Hey, I, I never I, I never got started. I mean, I'm kind of situation how you was talking about when you was with Sirius XM. I'm kind of the same situation. Yeah. Like, you know, I work with a company that you love. I work with Heartland. They treat me like royalty. Heartland's <laughs> um, an awesome company. We've always said that. <laughs> yeah, they they yeah, they, they treat me good. I mean, I do what I want to do, take yeah. off when I want to take off. I'm kind of like an owner-operator. I train over here, so when I got a student, they pay me 82 cents a mile with a student, and I keep a student in the truck, so... There you go. You know, like nice. this year here, for example, yeah, um, um, this year here, I've been trying not to make as much money because I've been just enjoying time off, and I'm still going to make 100000 this year. Fantastic. And I've, I've, been, I've took five vacations this year. Nice. Congratulations. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I got over into, I got a real estate question for you. Um, I bought my house back in 2012. Okay. And I got it for 118000 All right. Um, right now, it's valued at around two thirty. Excellent. I owe around, I owe around 50000 on it. Okay. So I have a, you know, have a decent amount of equity in it. So right. I've been looking at getting into real estate. I've been looking at like rental property. So I applied for a loan Friday. 
Because I don't know where we're going. As far as real estate, it seems like real estate is not falling down like I expected. It, so I was thinking about buying investment property. So I'll, I'll just kind of tell you where I think we are on the real estate market. Because I, I've been saying, okay. you know, we've been looking at properties. And the last couple of properties I bought, I said, boy, I'm a little nervous. I think we're getting closer to the top. So I was really picky. Um, I, I was looking for properties that even if things really collapsed, I wasn't going to get killed with stuff. I would just rather hold on to anyway, like the property we just bought. Uh, the problem with trying to hold out on this one would have been, there's just not another property like this really is that unique. That's unusual, but it fit everything we wanted. And I decided, look, even if I knew I was at the top, and this property was going to lose a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of value over the next three or four years, I still would have bought it because it's kind of like a long-term investment. When we're in the stock market, I don't care if the stock market loses half of its value. I don't need the money. I don't care. It'll come back. It always does. Real estate's the same way. As long as I'm going to hold something long-term, I'm not as worried about it. And as long as I can afford it, even if interest rates go up and all that other stuff. But I do think we are going to have a stock market or a real estate market collapse. I don't see any way around it. It's just not here yet, but it, I think okay. it could happen fast right now. Interest rates went up again. The floor has fallen out. Nobody's buying anything right now. Every listing I see is being cut by twenty and $30,000 over and over sometimes. I just don't think the statistics have caught up yet. I think the collapse has already started. We just don't have enough data to know it yet. So I I think that we are, I think it's very possible in six months, there's going to be huge bargains around. So if I were you, I would get ready, uh, keep watching properties, you know, act like you're going to buy. And I still do. I mean, I'm still looking at properties. I doubt that we would pick anything up right now because we just got our hands full with too many things. But I think we've got, and and there won't be any rush either. Like, it's not like you're going to miss the bottom if you don't run right out and buy some properties. So my advice right now would be, yes, get really active, start watching listings, go out and look at properties that you're interested in. But unless something really unique came up, I would not be buying for, I, I probably, I'm thinking three to six months before I would really think about buying anything. Okay. Do you think, um... Now, here's the other thing I, the, I would do, though. Was, I would uh-huh. get very, if you want to sell, I would get very, very aggressive about trying to dump that thing before things get worse. Okay. That's what I was, that's what I was going to ask because the lender was telling me, like, if I sold... You know, of course, I'd be able to, you know, keep probably over a hundred grand. Right. And he was saying that, you know, with that, he can he can loan me more money. Versus, he was saying that he get the money he can give me now. He said he can give me two hundred thousand dollars for a property now. If I decide to keep my home, but if I sold my home, he'll be able to give me close to a half a meal. What he told me. Correct. And so, that, and that would be correct so was, because. They, if you have skin in the game, they're more willing to put more skin in the game. If you're walking in saying, look, I'm broke and I want to borrow some money, they're not going to give you a lot. Sometimes they wouldn't give you anything. You have right. really good credit and low debt and you have 
lots of other reasons they would want to lend to you. But I would I would try to get aggressive in selling the property you've got and hold off and just be patient on buying anything. But I would be actively looking at properties because it helps you start to understand the market better. I mean, Lisa and I look right, at okay. properties all the time. I mean, it's just a regular thing. We get emails about what's for sale in the area. And even if we're not interested, you know, if we've got time, we'll go out and look at one or two. We probably look at one or two a month on average. Stuff that, you know, let's go out and see what that's like. Let's watch how fast it moves. That kind of thing. Because the more you do that, the more you learn about the market. Okay. Okay. And um, I appreciate that, Kevin. And one more question. I'm sorry. Um, sure. Go ahead. I know about last week, I think last week you was talking about um the program that you was going to be working on with um with uh, getting your authority and um with the coaching. You're right. In right. the time frame. Yeah. Because I, I, I remember when you was working on it with uh, Truck Stop. And uh, I, remember, I know it all went down, but I remember you working on that with Truck Stop. Is it kind of the same thing you was working with when you was doing it with them back? It's, it's with them again. Oh, it's with them again. Okay. It's with them okay. again. Okay. Yeah, we uh, they they came okay. to their senses. Okay. They um, you know, they they dropped us through <laughs> the whole serious thing, and then after a while, they uh, right, right. We still had a lot of supporters inside of Truck Stop. I mean, we had a lot of people that that okay. were really disappointed that we weren't working with them. Um, it was all the new upper management that had come in with the big investment group, and they weren't really trucking people. They're more technology people, and they got nervous about, you know, me being a little controversial, and so they they were the ones that, that pulled the trigger on that, and then, you know, our supporters kept working on them internally, and pretty soon they said, yeah, we, we should probably get him back, and I had to think long and hard about it. I mean, this is a, it's an important relationship for us and it, they can do a lot for us and help our tribe a lot. But I, I, I was a little, uh, I don't know if I want to do this again. I mean, you dropped me without really giving right. me a chance to explain. And, but again, the people that made that decision, I had no relationship with. See, here's just another good example about how powerful relationships are. I never had the opportunity to build the relationship with them. It was just all new and the company was growing like crazy. But the relationships I had built with inside the walls are the reason I got the opportunity again. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting so, on it. So, for your question, <laughs> I, never, yeah, I never answered your question. Uh-huh. Um, Timeline-wise. We're hoping to, so there's going to be two coaching programs. There's going to be a health coaching program, which we're launching first because it needs to replace our discovery calls and the one-on-ones that Lauren was doing now that she's out on maternity leave. We got to give people an option pretty quickly. So we're hoping to launch the health coaching program before the end of the year, launching the business trucking coaching program will be much easier and faster because we'll work out the, the two programs will operate exactly the same, same technology, same everything. So as we work it out to get the health program up and running, it will be almost like just flip a switch and get the trucking program up and running. So I, I'm thinking within the okay. first month or two of the new year on the trucking part. Okay. 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 Um, I remember you did, uh, you did, a. Uh 
class. I think it was back in 17 you did a yep. class. Uh, I think it was from like November to February. I was a part of that as well. So Good. This one's going to be a little different. I've myself like crazy. Yeah, this one's going to be <laughs> okay. a little different. And let me explain it because this is a good time. We should start talking about this. The programs we used to do was not really coaching. It was teaching. So every week, you you remember, every week you would show up, I would cover material, right. I would teach things, I would give you homework, you would do your homework for the week, and then I would come back, and it was mostly teaching, and then I would leave some time for question and answers at the end. This is almost no teaching. This is more for, and you would qualify for this, even though you're not an owner-operator yet, and the reason I say that is you've been through the course, you listen, you've done almost everything right, and you don't need a lot of teaching. What you need right now is your specific questions answered. You already have been taught a lot of stuff, but you're sitting back saying, well, I haven't really done it yet, so what about this? Right. (laughs) And, And it's going to be for somebody who says, oh, you know, I've been leased to a carrier for a while. I want to go get my own authority. Well, I don't need to teach them much. I just need to answer their specific questions and spend more time with them than I would be able to on the show like this. So the way this came about is with the CMC specifically, People who kept coming back year after year after year, after three or four years said, hey, you know, this has been a lot of fun and we always learn something every year, but what about the advanced program? Why don't you create an advanced program for us? And I tried. I tried many, many times and I just can't do it. I can't figure out how to write a good advanced program that would really help people. And then I realized why. When you get to that next level, your problem or your issue or what you want to know might be, how do I hire and keep good drivers? It might be, how do I spec trucks differently because I know I'm going to have drivers in them? Or it may be something completely different, like how do I build relationships with shippers directly? The advanced, it starts to get very different for everybody. It may be questions like, well, in my segment, we don't get good fuel economy because of this. And the things you teach don't always work for me. So I need more individual help. And there's so many topics you could start to get into on an advanced program that if I've got 100 people in there, I'm going to be teaching on a topic for a couple hours that nobody cares about because it doesn't apply to them. And that's why I just couldn't figure out how to do this advanced program. So I started looking at other industries. I started talking with other people that do this in other industries. And what I kept coming back to is they were using these coaching programs instead of teaching programs. And it was where they would, I, I might come on and talk about, you know, selling to a customer for a couple minutes in the beginning. And then it's really going to go to questions And we're going to spend more time with each individual, like unlimited amounts of time. It's never going to be a case where I'm going to say, oh, now I just got to get onto another call. If you've got a problem, I'm going to work with you till we solve it. And the cool thing is, everybody in the group gets to learn all of these advanced lessons by watching us solve problems. Okay. 
So it is a very different type of format from the last class we did. It, it really, we could call it the advanced program. Okay. 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 Well, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be, I'll be, I'll sign up whenever you get it going. Excellent. And I'm about ready to punch the clock though. I am. I'm about, I'm about ready to punch the clock on oh, Heartland. It's, it's, it's getting too easy. And I need a bigger chat. There so, you go. There you go. Too easy. Yep. I like that. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I, I appreciate it, Kevin. And, and could you, I, I heard you tell uh, Brandy about uh, you going to be reading some business books. Do you have any recommendations? I'm reading a real estate book right now. I'm almost done with it. I know I'm going to need something else next. So do you have any yeah, yeah. books uh, recommend? So without knowing what you've read so business. far, I'll just go through some of my favorite business books. And if you've already read it, tell me and I'll come up with another one. Um, my first book, especially for you, knowing kind of your personality and how you work, I think this book would be very powerful for you. And even if you've read it, I would probably tell you to go back and work through it again. Um, it's the seven habits. Have you read that one yet? I just, I read that one when the last time I talked to you, that's when I, I was reading that one and I finished that one. So good. But I'll, yeah. I'll read it again. I said, I'm going to have to read it again. I love it. I love that seven habits. Then I, I if you... One of the things I wish I was better at, I wish I could get myself to go back through these books more often. I've been through that one it is. It's tough. <laughs> more than once because it is so powerful. But I'm always like, oh, I got a new right. list. I got to go on to the new book, the new book, the new book. My list exactly. is too long. But exactly. <laughs> I will tell you right now, the more time you spend in that book, the better you're going to get at business. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm reading a book now called uh, Investing in Real Estate Notes. And I, I I got into that book because I read this book called Buy, Refinance. Uh, Buy, Refinance, Rent. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It's yep. called Buy, Rehab, Rent, yep. rent Refinance. Refinance. I, Repeat. I just finished that one. Yeah. What's the, what's the author? I was just reading something, I think, by this guy the other think, day. Uh, I think David, I think his name is David Green. I think his name is David Green. I think I was just reading something because yeah, I, I read that buy, rehab, rent, refinance somewhere just within the last week. Yeah, I think it's David Green. Okay. And in the book, he recommended investing in real estate notes. So I'm reading that one now. I probably got about an hour left. And so I'll be, I'm headed to Orlando now. I'll be done with that one. But that's why I was wondering. So after that, I'll go back and I'll do the seven habits again. I would. I would. That'll that'll really help you a lot. Okay. All right. Well, Kevin, I appreciate it. Thank you for everything. You're welcome. All right. So the, the health course, it's the same thing, the coaching, because it, it's I'm not going to be doing a lot of teaching in the health program. If you want to change anything about your health specifically. It might be diet. Maybe you haven't figured out how to make the diet work for you yet, or you don't understand it well enough. Then, then I'll work with you on diet. If it's uh, a more advanced, you've got some thyroid issues you just can't seem to figure out, then we'll work with you until you get it. That's, that's a coaching program as opposed to a teaching program. You're not going to come in every week and sit there and listen to me talk for an hour teaching people things. What you're going to get is me working with people troubleshooting and working on more advanced concepts in business it'll be more advanced concepts to grow to problem solve in health it will be primarily you tell me what you want to accomplish with your health and we'll do it if you want to really build a lot of strength 
I can help you with that. If you want to build endurance, I could help you with that. If you want to lose weight, if you want to, you know, whatever it might be, we will work with you until we solve the problem. And the program, it's not like you're paying for a big program up front and you're getting three months. It, you join the program and quit whenever you want. It's a month at a time. So if you join for a month and we solve your problem, then you're done. We, if you join for a month and we haven't quite got there yet, we'll take another month. If we solve a problem and you go three months and you come up with a new problem, you can join again. We're not trying to lock anybody into some big commitment that you have to pay up front and then, you know, find out that we didn't cover what you needed covered in a teaching course. So we will cover just about anything you want to cover. If you want to talk about financial planning, I'll, I'll help you with financial planning in retirement. So if you want... Like this call, if you really wanted me to help you with your real estate investing, no matter how advanced it gets, I'll keep helping you as long as you're in the program. And you have total control. You're going to spend one month at a time. That's the biggest investment you're going to have. And you can get as much out of it as you need to. Let's go to Oklahoma. Paul, welcome. Howdy. Um, you're talking about factoring at the start of the show there? Yes. So if someone gets their own authority and they got to start off factoring right off the get-go, to me that just means they didn't have enough money to get into business. That is exactly right. And that's yeah. that's what we try to tell people. You've heard me say even you don't pay nearly as much attention to what's going on in the economy and the industry the more important part about when to get into business is when are you ready to get into business? And in my mind, you need yeah. two big things. You need cash. A lot of money. Cash. You need a big yeah. pile of money that's yours, not something you borrowed from anybody. You didn't borrow it from your cousin Vinny. You didn't get it from some guy down on the street corner in a trench coat. You didn't factor. You didn't use your credit cards or your home equity yeah. line. You had a big pile of cash that's yours. And then the other thing you need is knowledge. Yeah, well, I when I started in 04, I, I, my, tr my first truck and trader I bought was 135000 But I had the 35000 And you I go. found a guy, actually, actually a chiropractor. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, so he wanted all he wanted to do was make his hundred grand into a bigger pile of money. There you go, which worked for me. Perfect. And uh, it was a it was a lease purchase deal, but it had a one dollar buyout at the end. So I had the thirty five thousand plus the one dollar. Already had that. <laughs> and so, but I actually I got ahead on my payments, and then I went you know I went back to New Zealand in '08 for a month. Well, I already got a couple of payments ahead. Well, he called my, my bookkeeper, and he's like, hey, is, is something wrong? Like, Why? <laughs> well, I haven't had a check for a couple of months. Well, we're actually still ahead, and right. I only had one payment to left when I – I only had one payment, but he was worried all of a sudden the money stopped coming. So I, I guess he was tracking it, but because, you know, I I doubled up there a couple of times. It's like, oh, right. I sent him – the payment was 3300 I sent him that, and then two weeks later, sent him another one. Two weeks later, sent him another one. Then when I went on vacation, yeah. I didn't oh, nice. make a payment, but I was already ahead. Right. Yeah. So, and then while I was away on vacation in 08, I left, and the fuel went up a dollar a gallon. 
and I came back, and that's when I, I'm going to try this slowing down shit, <laughs> which kind of worked out pretty good, actually, because yeah, here I am. I, I, I still run mostly way slower than speed limits. There you go. Yeah, like me hurrying the, the other night, I was running at 67. It, so, look, I, I, yeah. I could make a statement, and I know people will freak out about it, but I could make a statement that if when I see car, car haulers going down the road, if they're, if they're going faster than 55, they're losing money. And I know that's extreme, and I know you've got schedules to deal with and all that other stuff, and you know that. You know you slow down when you can. Sometimes you got to speed up. But the aerodynamics are your biggest problem. Your aerodynamics are a mess, and aerodynamics are completely impacted by speed. It it is the single biggest factor that we have some control over, and the worse your aerodynamics are, the slower you should try to drive. Yeah, well, uh, let me look. Let me look on your app for a moment. Uh, so my ninety-day average, I'm at five point six. Still, I, I, there was a but time got, where if I've got over, I've got a, I've got over, a, I've got over a million miles on your app. So there was a time where if somebody yeah. would have called me with a car hauler and told me they were getting five point six, I would have called them a liar and told them to go back and calculate their numbers again. Yes, so I have one million one hundred. 5,680 miles that I've tracked. So that, I, and then, but I, the, the old school guy on me, I still track it on paper, every tank as well. So there case, you go. Case I'm, I'm, I'm techno challenged. I can just pull out my notebook and I can, I can look from eight years ago and see what my fuel mileage was. So, and you yeah. can check our math so, to make sure we haven't screwed up our programming. Well, sometimes you put a digit in wrong. <laughs> like I've done it on the app, you know. It's like, how the hell did I get this yeah. point nine when I was loaded? Yeah. And then I work it out, and I was like, oh, how yeah. I done put a decimal point, in the, or you transpose the digit or something. You're right. So, yep. right. right. Good. I know you got a short show, so I'll let you go. All right. Um, oh, speaking of the short yeah, show, I was just in. Well, not just informed about an hour ago, but I haven't had time to talk about it. There is no rolling tow today. Uh, I guess the. Um, the Beckett's had to cancel today. So we have one more call, and then I'm going to wrap this up for the day because we do have a lot going on. Um, we're going to go to Tennessee. Ilya, welcome. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What can I help you with it? Um, so I, I started looking closer at uh, uh, Cascadia's that I'm interested in buying that are like in the budget that are within the range that I was trying to spend on them um okay good as far as oil samples like if i'm looking at trucks in different parts of the country do you think they'll do an oil sample if i mail them the kit and then if they would it won't matter uh, let me let me just cut to the chase on this one because i'm very familiar with this here's the only way you're going to be able to get oil samples that mean anything Every dealer I have ever known, wherever they pick up a truck, whether it's a trade-in, they bought it at the auction, whatever, the very oh, the first changer, thing, right? it gets serviced. I've, it, it's just it's across the board what everybody does. Here's the only way you can make this work, and I would recommend doing this. It's worth it. You have to find some salespeople. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're probably not going to be able to manage more than three of these, but if you could find three salespeople directly at, in different parts of the country, and here's the way I did it. I, I actually did this with one. I had one guy that would find me any truck I needed. So I, I would go to my guy and I'd say, here's exactly what I'm looking for this time, this year range. The, and I would give him some ranges to work with. You know, I want a, 
Um, I want something between 2000 and 2003. I want a Series 60. I want a 13-speed single overdrive. I might get really, really specific and then say, if you get anything close to this, let me know. And you need to let me know before it gets serviced. If you've already serviced the truck, don't call me about it. Don't send me an email because I'm not interested. The truck has got to be pre-serviced because I want an oil sample. And you, you, I promise okay. you, you're going to call dealers and salespeople and they're going to blow you off. It happened many times to me. But you keep working at it like we have to do everything else. You'll find somebody. I found a guy who was fantastic. I was in Florida. He was in Indiana. Um, but I bought several trucks through him. And I got to the point where I trusted him so much, I bought a truck without even seeing it. Didn't, it did not know much about it at all. And it was just perfect and it hadn't been serviced and i pulled the trigger and i said if that oil sample comes back clean i'll buy it so that's that's Mm -hmm. how i recommend buying used trucks you've got to have that that way of getting the oil sample before they service it okay and do you think just going off of like ecm report and just visual inspection is relatively safe yes with an oil sample Okay. Not without an oil sample. Now, I don't need to physically see the truck anymore. I'm fine buying trucks now or vehicles without physically seeing them or driving them. I just learned that, you know, the test drive never told me all that much anyway. Uh, I learned much more from an oil sample, an ECM report, Mm -hmm. those kind of things. So you you get, again, find the, the sales person that you build the relationship with. You explain to them you're serious about buying. You've got money. You're qualified. But you will not buy a truck that you can't get an accurate oil sample from. Okay. I, I'm in like a relatively remote area and there's a lot of like the truck guys around here that sell trucks. I feel like I could probably find one of those around here actually. Yeah. And, and um, if you've got that and they, they kind of shop the whole market and they can pick up trucks anywhere, that would be fine. Okay. I, funny enough, I actually missed out on the deal from one of them. I think you would have liked. There's a 99 Volvo with a Series 60, and I think he was only selling it for 24000 It only had like 560 original miles oh, on there, 560000 oh, 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 that hurts. Yes, yeah. I would have been all over that truck. Yeah, it was like the whole, I think it was just like a barely used like farm truck or something. It was wow. like the whole thing was mint condition, like inside and out. That's a truck that even Uh, if the differentials wouldn't have been what I want, I wouldn't have cared. I would have bought that anyway. Put a new set of gears in it, whatever you have to do. When you can find one of those, I'd be all over something like that. Yeah, and it was on the Facebook Marketplace of all places, too. Wow. Yeah, it's a crazy world. You know, you you, all the different places you might find stuff like this is it's a it's a lot different. So Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, eBay. I mean, there's all kinds of places you might find trucks now. So, again, the harder you're willing to work to go look, the more likely you are to find the right truck. Okay. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. All right. We are going to wrap it up. We will uh, see you back here tomorrow for trucking technology and efficiency. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.